Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with freedom through faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Do you remember when I talked about a rabbi could only teach what his rabbi taught him? Do you remember when I talked about that the students could only learn what their rabbi teaches them and that they are obligated that they can only teach that thing? Okay. That is the law with one exception. Every now and then, equated about every four or five generations, a special rabbi would emerge. One that had such a complete understanding of the scriptures that he was given special authorization to make his own training system. He didn't have to follow what his rabbi taught him. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He had such an understanding of Scripture. They gave him a special authority at his graduation. And that special authority was called Samika. Samika. And in order to be recognized as having Samika, you had to have two witnesses at your graduation baptism, that as you were being baptized would give a witness to the special Samika which you had. Without those two witnesses, you did not get the authorization. If you had one witness, that didn't make it. You had to have two independent witnesses. Well, who was the witnesses at Jesus' baptism. John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Witness number one. Witness number two is Jesus came up out of the water. There's nobody else there to give witness. God himself, God the Father himself gives witness. He says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He's got two witnesses. Do you remember when they came to Jesus and said, Who gave you this authority? What they're saying, Who gave you this Samika? Tell us, Who gave you this Samika? Now, 
Jesus could quickly answer that and say, God the Father gave it to me. But they wouldn't believe him. So they, what does he do? He says, tell me who gave John his authority. Who gave John his samika? Did he receive it from heaven? Or did he receive it from men? You tell me, and then I'll be able to tell you. And they reasoned among themselves and said, well, we, we can't tell. Because if they said John got it from heaven, he'd say, well, why don't you believe me then? Or if they said they got it from men, they feared the people because the people believed John was a prophet. Do you see now why Jesus used John the Baptist as his answer? Tell me where John the Baptist got his Samika from. And they were afraid to do it. And that's why Jesus didn't answer their question. If they would have said, well, we believe John got his from heaven, he says, well, John was a witness at my baptism, and the Father gave me witness also. There's my two also. But they refused to answer that question. Jesus, well, I'm not going to answer your question then. But now, do you see how that, how that scripture became open? That's something that most people didn't have never picked up on, unless you're really studying the Bible. That special samika, that special authority. Now, a brand new rabbi, where does he go? He goes back to the Bet Talmud, to the pre-vetted 12-year-olds who already have demonstrated they have an understanding of the scripture. They go in and say, I want you as my disciple. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Now when we see Jesus selecting his disciples, what does he do? He goes up, he sees Peter and Andrew, Simon and Andrew, mending their nets, and he yells out, hey, follow me. Now, they don't know who Jesus is. They may have recognized him a little bit. They probably grew up with him. Jesus probably was playing with them as they were growing up. But he realizes that they got washed out of rabbi school. They were one of those who was not selected. They had demonstrated they had an understanding of the scriptures. But they were not selected by rabbis. Simon and Andrew had been sent home to learn the parent, the family business, which was fishing. And when the, Jesus, in rabbi clothes, calls out to them from the shore, Hey, follow me! Immediately, it says, they left their nets and followed Jesus. And as they walk along a little farther, they see uh, Zebedee and John, you know, and his brother uh, working with the father on their boat, Father Zebedee on their boat. Jesus says, hey, follow me. And it says immediately they left their father and the boats and, and the business and followed Jesus. Why would they do that? Why would they leave their family business? Why would they leave their family? Peter was married. We know later on in Scripture, uh, it talks about, you know, they went into Peter's house and his mother-in-law was sick with a fever and Jesus laid his hands on her and healed her and she got up and served them. If you have a mother-in-law, you got to have a wife. Could you imagine that conversation? Hey, uh, I, was, I got rid of the boat 
and I'm going to be leaving for a while. I'll check in when I can. And she goes, where, why? Where are you going? What's going on? He goes, well, this rabbi said, follow me. Can you imagine that conversation? It probably didn't go over well. But why would they just leave everything? I mean, poor Zebedee, he lost his entire work crew with no notice given. All because some rabbi said, follow me, and the boys got up and left. It's because all they had lived for, from the time they were about two or three years old, all the way up to age 12, was to hear a rabbi say, follow me. Because if a rabbi had told them at the bet at their graduation, going to the Bet Talmud, if they would have had a rabbi say, follow me, they would be rabbis. That's all they ever wanted. That's all they ever lived for. Same thing as a boy in today's society who all he wanted to do, he played football in junior high and middle school. He played football in high school. He got a football scholarship or he played on the the college football team, and now he declares himself as eligible for the draft. All he ever wanted to hear was his name called during that draft and didn't get it. So he probably goes to a tryout camp, and when the roster's posted, they're like, sorry, you know, just go home. And now he's a car salesman, an insurance salesman, or whatever. All he ever wanted was to hear some coach say, follow me, you're with us now. That's why they left everything. That's all they ever wanted to hear. To be a rabbi. And now a rabbi has called out to them, follow me. And they left everything. When Jesus calls you into ministry, you must be willing to leave everything. Amen. Everything. Everything. That's how important this calling is. Matthew, they continue walking along. It says they seen Levi at the seat of customs. In other words, he's at his taxation booth. They're still in Galilee. Amen. Who is Matthew? Galilee is a fishing town. And Matthew or Levi, he becomes Matthew, is sitting at the gate of custom, taxing people as they go in and out. Who is this person taxing? He's taxing the fishermen. Peter and Andrew and, and all them, John and his brother, they paid taxes to Matthew. They hate tax collectors. They're considered the scum of the earth. What does Jesus do? He walks up and tells Matthew, follow me. And what does Matthew do? He leaves everything right there and begins to follow Jesus. He's another one who had been washed out. And in order to make a living, he became one of the most hated people in town by becoming a tax collector. Now Jesus, all he says to him, follow me. And Peter, I mean, Matthew leaves everything, Levi leaves everything, and begins to follow Jesus. I believe there was a lesson there as well. Here is this tax collector who has been imposing these high taxes on these fishermen. And Jesus is seeing if they can forgive Levi, 
Are they able to forgive him enough to accept him into their group? Or are they going to shun him? I don't want to associate with this tax collector. But I believe they received him. Why? Because they're so happy. They have a rabbi that will be teaching them how to become rabbis now. Amen. They're, Jesus is teaching them how to become their lifelong dream of being a rabbi. Just with that simple phrase, follow me. You see, Jesus had Samika. He didn't have to go to that pre-vetted building with the 12-year-old sitting there. He could do whatever he wanted to do. So he went to the Sea of Galilee to find men who knew the Bible, that knew the, the Word, that had longed to hear someone say, follow me. Why? Because he didn't have time. I mean, once a, once a, a rabbi picked his disciples and said, follow me, he would, remember, they're just 12 years old. He is personally responsible for their safety, their provision, their upbringing. Jesus didn't have time to teach 12-year-olds to age 30. He did not have 18 years. He knew his time. He knew the day and hour was going to be coming rapidly when he would have to offer his own body as a sacrifice. He did not have 18 years to train these men how to be rabbis and how to do his teaching. So he went and picked older men who are already well-disciplined, who were hard workers, being a fisherman in that day and time was probably the hardest job. So he knew they were dedicated, they were hard workers, and they, he knew they had washed out of, of the Bet Talmud. So they had an understanding of the scriptures already. So as Jesus revealed scriptures to them and was quoting scriptures to them, they would understand he was the long-awaited Messiah. Amen? That's how all this went down. Amen. Glory to God. All right. How much time we got left? Oh, man. Time went by fast again today. So he has this special Samika. Amen. The miracles, the healings that he started to do, opening blind eyes, the deaf hearing, the lame walking, all of these things were starting to advertise as word spread. Not that Jesus the healer is in town, but hey, there is a rabbi in town that has Samika. This guy has Samika. And they wanted to go see this new rabbi. Remember, it could be a hundred years or more between rabbis that had Samika. Everybody else had regular anointing. The regular non-Samika rabbis were the ones who taught in the temple and all that. Jesus, when he went into the temple, 
It was the rabbis who read from the scrolls. That's why it says, you know, Rabbi, if you got something to share, go ahead. And Jesus opened the scroll, the book of Isaiah, what we call the book of Isaiah, and he opened the scroll, read from it. They just didn't give that scroll. These scrolls were hand-copied scrolls, meticulous. If you opened it up to such and such a line, that dot had to be virtually in the same spot. That tittle had to be in the same spot on every single scroll created. So these scrolls are precious. It often took 20 years to make one scroll. If the guy writing or copying the scroll messed up, if one word was out of alignment or they forgot a comma or something, they would burn that scroll. That's how sacred and how holy these scrolls were considered. And it would take 18 to 20 years to make one copy of the scroll. Now, therefore, it was so precious, they would not just let anybody handle the scrolls. If you just walked in because you're going to go in and listen to the teaching in the temple today and you're, you know, Joe the fisherman or Jack the blacksmith, they're not going to call you up to read from the scroll where you get to handle the scroll. No, that was reserved only for the rabbis. So when Jesus first went in and was asked to read from the scroll and he was reading, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to heal the sick and all that. It's because he was a rabbi. They recognized him as a rabbi. Amen. He had rabbi clothes on. Glory to God. The woman with the issue of blood. She, when it says, you know, if I could just but touch his clothes, what she was aiming for was that rabbi cloth with the tassels on it. So if I could just touch his rabbinical clothes, I'll be healed. That's why everywhere he went, Rabbi, what about this? Rabbi, what about this? When the word came back to J. Iris, you know, leave the master alone. Leave the rabbi alone. Your daughter's dead. Jesus basically turned around and said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this. Have, don't fear, just believe. I'll take care of it. Amen? So you see, he is recognized as a rabbi. Hallelujah. I'm saving something special. Something very special. But this Samika, I want to stay focused on that. Amen. Jesus' Samika allowed him to teach anything. To create his own, I'll call it a lineage, that his disciples will be required to teach. Amen. Now, Remember the woman caught in adultery? <laughs> they brought her and threw her down at Jesus' feet and asked Jesus, he said, the law says she needs to be stoned. What do you say? Why did they ask Jesus that? What do you say? It's because he had this special samika, right? Okay, I'm going to share this with you because I, I can't... 
I can't make sense of it until you understand this. Having this Samika, and then we're going to close. Having this Samika means Jesus could create his own line of teaching. Do you remember when I said that the line of teaching that a rabbi would teach his disciples was only, it was limited only to what that disciples or that rabbi's rabbi taught him. On back, the, his rabbi taught him, his rabbi taught his rabbi, his rabbi taught his rabbi that taught his rabbi. All the way back till they got to one that had Samika that came up with that line of teaching. Amen? To have Samika means you can do your own thing. That's why Jesus didn't have to go to the pre-vetted area. He went to the Sea of Galilee. He picked his own disciples. Hard-working fishermen. And that's why he just said, follow me. Same thing that rabbis were telling the children, the 12-year-olds, follow me. And now they are disciples of that rabbi. Okay. The line of teaching that a rabbi would teach, that line of teaching... The Greek word for it is yoke. Yoke. Jesus, his yoke, was his line of teaching. And what was the main thing Jesus taught? Well, John 3.16, For God loved the world. So much he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Elsewhere he said God is love. His yoke was the love of God. That is what Jesus was teaching. The love of God, that God loved the world so much he gave his only son as the sacrifice as a lamb of God to pay the sin debt of the world. That is the yoke of Jesus. That is what his disciples were limited to teaching. You don't hear them coming up with all these weird things. They taught Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and him crucified, and that he was dead, buried, and raised. From, God honored his sacrifice and raised him from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and he's coming soon to judge the living and the dead. That is the yoke of Christ. That's the only thing Jesus taught his disciples. As a disciple of Christ, that's the only thing you can teach. Now, as we get ready to close, when they brought that woman caught in the act of adultery to Jesus, and they said, the law of Moses says she needs to be stoned. What do you say? Isn't that what they asked Jesus? And it says Jesus went down and wrote on the ground. We don't know what he wrote. I have a feeling that he wrote something about Samika. I have Samika. And then... He, they thought they had him. They had him trapped because if he said, yes, she needs to be stoned according to the law, then they would say he violated his Samika about love. He violated. He's not a true rabbi. But if he said, 
just let her go, then he violated the law of Moses. And they got him there. They thought they had him trapped. Jesus comes up and says, you know, you are correct. The law says she needs to be stoned. But you brought her to me as a judge. Therefore, I judge her according to my samika. And my samika says, my yoke says, my teaching says, God loves her. But yes, she is guilty according to the law that you say. So my yoke is, let him who is among you without sin cast the first stone. You're the one who brought her to me to judge. That's my ruling. And now Jesus completely turned the tables on them because he was right. We turned the jurisdiction of this decision over to him. He admitted, that's what the law says. But my samika is this. So his ruling is, only if you have never sinned can you throw the stone at her. Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the, the elders threw their stones down first, Scripture says. From the oldest to the youngest. Why is that? Because the older ones realized, he got us. gummit, he got us. And they threw their stone down and walked away. Then Jesus says to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers? She looks around and says, There is none, Lord. He goes, They brought you to me to judge. In order to kill someone, you had to have witnesses out of the mouth of two or more witnesses. That's the only way a death penalty could be imposed. Jesus said, They brought you to me. I am to be your judge. Where are your accusers? She goes, There are none, Lord. He goes, Well then, if there are no accusers, my ruling is not guilty. Mistrial. Now get up and go and sin no more. Amen? That's what Jesus is telling us today. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. Jesus is calling you to be a disciple of his. He's saying to you, follow me. Follow me. In order to do that, all you have to do is receive him as Savior. And you can do that by repeating this prayer with me and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I know I've sinned. I know I've come short of the glory of God. But I praise God for you, Jesus, for you paid the complete price of my sins. I thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. I thank you, Jesus, that you have come into my heart. Take over my life. I want to be your child, a child of the living God, heir of God, joint heir with you of all things. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Be blessed in all you do. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.